Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnerill, Julie Hayden. Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up, brought to you by... Hey, the show brought to you by um, Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine with Dr. Jack Schaefer, who, by the way, will be joining us at 3.30, along with happytrees.co. Chuck, as you can see, is broadcasting live from the world headquarters of the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle, putting together, I guess it comes out next or next week, it goes to the printer. So Next week um, goes to the printers. But Chuck has meetings with the president and things like that, so he's going to be busy. Yeah. Um, hey, That's so we've been talking... Yeah, we, we actually had a whole other show planned today, but then I've started hearing about the latest rhino attack, and I thought, okay, we're going to drop everything and talk about this. The ch- Check, the rhinos are panicking. First, they kind of leak information about the uh, so-called Bonniewell Amendment in an attempt to kind of make the Dave Williams and the Republican Party and you look bad by proposing some common sense bylaw thing that they don't like because it threatens their power. They have relentlessly attacked Dave Williams. Josh Hostler, I think one of the main guys here, spreading the fake rumor that they were being evicted from the um, from the building from their headquarters because I think think that was uh, Roger Hudson who did that one Okay, well, but Josh Hostel was, I saw he was on social media spreading it as well. Um, oh, okay. They have and editorials and all over the place attacked Dave Williams, calling Wayne Williams the good Williams and Dave the Williams, Williams the, yeah. the bad Williams. And this latest attack, to me, this crosses all lines. This this gets personal um, against one of the rising stars, I would say, young stars in the Colorado Republican Party, who has been an enormous help to the local Colorado, the Colorado Republican Party, Wes Heimer. So, Wes, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, and Wes. Hello. Um, um, okay. And Wes is saying Hostler started. So I wanted to, so you have been the subject of this. This is a, a rhino panic attack gone personal, which to me crosses all lines. And once again, it fails miserably um, be, because they're so out of touch. And so, but let me just get you to go ahead and explain how they were attacking you and, and what you're doing about it. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a, a complicated issue um, as many people know. And if you saw the post, you've already heard about it. If you didn't see the post, let me tell you. Um, So since I was 12, I've kind of known that I was not the same as everybody else. Um, And for several years, I, you know, battled with it internally, you know, went through the motions of trying to figure out who I was uh, and finally came to the conclusion and accepted that I am not straight. I'm bisexual um, and I'm a Republican. Okay, and that's not a unheard of thing in the GOP. There are many people, high ranking people at the RNC, uh, high ranking people across all levels of government in Colorado that are the same way as me or similar. Right. And I've been in a relationship now for about a year and four months um, with a, a wonderful guy. And Josh Hostler chose to basically attempt to out me on social media. What he did not know, and what I don't think he still knows, because I have had no contact with him and will have no contact with him, um, because it's just abhorrent what he's done, 
right. is posted this, these photos of me and, and Ronnie, uh, my, my partner, and tried to out me. What he didn't realize is that I'd already told all my family, my immediate friends, Dave Williams at the state party. I'd informed everybody of the situation because I knew something like this would happen. I knew that they would come for me sooner or later, whether I put it out there or not. And ideally, I would have liked to have put this out myself and publicized it, but I don't live by that narrative. Right. My, my personal preferences are not my identity. And that's never what I lead with. That's never what I will lead with. And I told my family and my friends that was, and, and the people that were important that needed to know, and that's where I drew the line. I wasn't going to go public with it. I wasn't going to go out screaming from the hilltops. Oh my gosh, look at me. Right. That's not what this is about. For me, this is about stopping grooming, stopping these chi child mutilation, stopping the indoctrination of our kids and stopping the, in the bullying that's coming from the, the people on the right and even people on the left that are attacking me for being who I am. And as said, was never anything I was going to tout, never anything I was going to promote or push, because that is, to me, a form of grooming. And now here I am having to face this and honestly clear the air, because it it's freeing in a way to the point of now I can be open about it. I don't have to hide anymore at all. Well, and let me well, a couple it, of things. It, it well, is, it, it's amazing that they, they would attack you, because as, as much as, as you're starting to rise up, you're basically a 19-year-old volunteer down at the uh, uh, headquarters. And it's really a, not an attack on you. It's it's an attack against Dave Williams because exactly. he's utilized you as, as a volunteer and relies on you as a volunteer. Um, and they'll go so far as to, to try to embarrass anybody who is working uh, for the grassroots in Colorado today. It's shameful. I mean, and it's it's so typical of the rhino establishment who, who love to claim how virtuous they are. And they're really just awful people. I mean, that yep. really, and Josh Hosling is, is I think exposed out of himself to tell you the truth. Well, and let me, and I'm going to get you to come in on that was because you would talk, but first for, so folks who don't know, Josh Hosler, former El Paso County Republican party chair, former Doug Lamborn aide, attack the Rocky mountain gun owners calling in the Taliban. But Chuck is right on the money. And we have that. I mean, as you were telling me earlier, right from Hosler's mouth, right? That this really actually isn't about you. Uh, like yeah. you said, you're a 19 year old volunteer. It's about Dave Williams. Why don't you tell us how we know that? Yeah, it, it's not about my staff role at the state party. It's not about my personal preferences or who I choose to live my life with. It is simply and clearly about, and this was from Josh Hostler's mouth to um, an ally's friend that I'm not going to name because I don't want to get him in trouble here, but literally came from Josh Hostler's mouth to his ears that this was not about me, was not about how I chose to live my life, it had nothing to do with me serving on the Youth Advisory Council for the RNC, serving at the state party as, a, as the project manager and, and unpaid staff. And it was all about Dave Williams. It was an attack against Dave, and it was an attack against the state party to try and discredit them. Same with the rumor that we are broke and bankrupt and being evicted. None of those things are accurate. It is all false information. It is all a gigantic lie. Um, and it, it's ridiculous. And this was truthful, but it was done in an effort to be petty and shameful. When in, in reality, all he's done is embolden me in my stances and embolden where I'm at personally. And um, Kyle Clark even came after me about it, not too like verbatim about this, 
but att attack me for other issues that we think had to do with this, you know, kicking me while I was down, so to speak. Right. Well, and let's talk about that a little bit, because that is, I mean, in this, the establishment, and I submit this is all evidence, and we can get to that in a second, all evidence that they are panicking, right? Because, and, and I'll get to you, your thoughts and Chuck's thoughts on why they're so panicked about Dave Williams. But what, what this was is, so this is a Facebook post, which has since been taken down. And I submit that the attacks against you, which were vicious and abhorrent, were orchestrated. They weren't spontaneous. I mean, it was all, what do they call it? Sock puppet kind of thing, right? These weren't spontaneous people attacking you. And I mean, what's to attack you about? I mean, first of all, it says something about the mindset of a guy who would think that by doing this, he's going to destroy the Colorado Republican Party. You got to ask yourself, is that the kind of person we want running? You know, being these are former people El Paso chair. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is who we want. Um, but 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 talk about that a little bit in terms of, of the attacks, because it is so wrong. And Chuck and I were, have been on the receiving end of that, too. Right. And we it is yep. so wrong for people to orchestrate these attacks. Um, I, I mean, it's just it's unconscionable, I think. It is. It's, it's unconscionable and it's it's abhorrent. And this is childish behavior at best. And I mean, these attacks were so brutal. Um, you know, Hostler posted this post about me, outed it or, or thought he outed it, I should say, um, and put the information out there when it's realistically something that I should have shared that should have come from me personally. It's never anyone else's story. It's mine. And, you know, as said earlier, I'm not going to capitalize on it. It's not that's not who I am. It's not what I believe in. And now I'm being forced to capitalize on it because he put it out there. Right. Right. But the, the reality is, I mean, these attacks, I mean, it started with Hostler and that attack alone, this was even before Kyle Clark decided to attack me for a tweet I put out, which I, I really think um, that Kyle did this as an effort to kind of kick me while I'm pile down. On, yeah. Right. Pile right. on. Right. Yeah, pile yeah. on. Exactly. Pile on to it. Exactly. You know, I was already on the defensive here. Let's make it worse. So he attacked me for a tweet saying that I was... Uh, speaking on behalf of Dave Williams, when literally my Twitter bio says opinions are my own, where right. I posted about this post that Josh had sent out saying karma is a, a, a pardon my French, but karma is a bitch. That's right. what I said. And, you know, that is where that came from. And he started attacking me. But before Kyle had even put that tweet out, uh, the next morning after Hostler had, had put out what he had put out, I got a very interesting notification on my phone. Um, I got a, a follow notification on Twitter from Governor Polis. Um, huh. And I was like, very interesting. You know, we, we're on opposite sides of the aisle. We don't agree on anything. Why on earth is Governor Polis following me? And I, I was like, all right, well, I don't follow him. If he's following me, I'll be kind and courteous and I'll follow him back. So I followed him back. And within right as I followed him back, I guess he'd messaged me right when he followed me. But he sent me a message um, and we had a very decent conversation. Um, about this whole situation and how he apologized for the behavior of the members in the GOP and the members of the, of the left that are attacking me for this. He says, it's not their place to do this. He says, and it's unfair that they outed you. He says, but, you know, and, and we had a very good conversation and we actually found some middle ground there where he was like, you know, I know how you feel, been there, done that. And I'm sorry, stay strong. Don't let the haters get to you. You know, this is something we've all had to go through and I'm sorry this is happening. And well, I have to say, I've known Jared Polis a long time, and yeah. he's the most awful person I've <laughs> contacted. He can and, still be and, awful. And all he's doing is using you to attack the GOP, pretending he's a nice guy uh, to get some cheap political points. 
And that could very likely be true. Yeah, he's never done a decent thing. But in part, play. though, I mean, and that's something, again, that Hostler sets up, right? I mean, by the right. way, Jim is saying here, love is attitude, personal details are personal. And I also want to say, I know we've got a lot of people joining us on Zoom. Anybody wants to um, chime in, they can feel free to um, just unmute themselves and chime in. If you want to call in, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. But I kind of want to go back to, too, the, the fact that, so this is, a fellow Republican. And these are the people who always tell us unity, 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 right? Yeah. And, then, and then they do this and, and a stupid, ill-advised, unsuccessful attempt to trash Dave Williams and the Colorado Republican Party. And then, then they're going to turn around and tell us, oh, we need to vote for unity again, right? I mean, well, you have to realize that the Hossler is part of that whole peak Republican one that are always attacking Vicki Tompkins, who is an right. African-American. So and they love to tell you how they, uh, uh, how how nice they are because they're establishing, but they're not. But Ron Hanks is is wants to weigh in. Ron, good to see you. Hey, Ron. Yeah, glad to be here. I'm in the car making more noise than I ought to. But you know, not only is Josh Hostler a Republican, he's a former Marine or a Marine, as most Marines will tell you. He's also the field rep for Doug Lamborn, the congressman from the former 5th District. Is it the 7th now? doesn't matter. He works for Focus on the Family. What kind of behavior is this to shove in somebody's face? Uh, it was not his place. It's unprofessional. If he thought he had a political career going forward from here, he, he's wrong. He ought to be ashamed of himself and uh, issue some long apologies that don't get him out of this hole. People's preferences should not be part of our conversation unless they want to read to our kids and uh, or or get into uh, get them into sexual uh, uh, groups after school that are disguised as something else. That's where we fight. We don't fight where with people in our Republican family what who they love. That's exactly. all I wanted to say. I'm I'm furious about this. Hostler, in my opinion, zeroed himself out across the state of Colorado and as far as having an opinion that matters on anything. All right. I agree with you, Ron. Ron. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate thank you for weighing in. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. And and again, it says something about the fact that somehow he thought that, that doing this would, would somehow destroy Dave Williams. And let's go back. Why is it, Wes? Because I know you're there. You're working with the state Republican Party. Why, in your opinion, are they so afraid of people like you, people like us, people like Anna, uh, Dave Williams? Why are they so afraid? Well, I mean, before before we get to that, and, and I will answer your question, I want to also highlight in, in my statement that I'm working on drafting right now, and I've, I've gone through uh, three copies of it myself, and then I'm working <laughs> with other people to draft it and change it and make sure it looks good because, um, you know, I've got to put something out there to, to counter these. Um, I, I say in the statement, I said, myself and others like me, organizations like the Log Cabin Republicans, Gays Against Groomers, Scott Pressler, and former Director of National Intelligence Richard Grinnell, and others stand steadfast against the grooming, indoctrination, and mutilation of our children in schools. Being a member of the LGB community is not a choice that we consciously made. It is how we were made by our creator. The left constantly is trying to change that fact to destroy the lives of young people around the country. Our children should never be taught that they were born different or born another gender or fetish by the radical left and the TQ plus movements. And that's something that I, I wrote myself. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to piggyback on what Ron said, because he's exactly right. We are not going to stand. The people in the Republican Party that I know are not going to stand against me loving who I choose to love. 
they're going to stand against the grooming just like I do and just like my partner does. We aren't going to stand in the way of that. And that is exactly how I feel. But to answer your question, why they're so scared of us at the state party, it is literally the fact that we are uncovering everything that that, we, that they have done in secret for years and tried to keep secret. Really good point. You know, they, they've tried to hide really it. Really good point. They, they have tried to, you know, get away with breaking the law, breaking rules, financial problems. You name it, they've done it. Now, we can't talk about it right now because there's investigations still ongoing, but we know, and they know we know. And yeah. so they're going to do everything they can to try and discredit us and hurt us before it comes out so that they can try and save their reputations. And how they're going to do that is by tarnishing mine and tarnishing Dave Williams and everybody at the state party. And this was a clear and unabrupted attack against Dave Williams, not against me, but right. my personal life, my private life, which I don't know about you guys, but you guys don't talk about your sex lives. I don't talk about mine. No one does. Well, well, you work in the industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is not something that we broadcast. Right. And yet here we are talking about my sex life on your show because right. it is an attack. It is nothing other than that. And they're attempting. Well, you raise a really good point because for the first time in ever, uh, the Republican Party is not under the control of the establishment. And so all of the dirty tricks they pulled, which have been covered up, um, are now going to float to the surface. And they've got to do whatever they can. And it, it doesn't matter how low they go. Um, they have to do everything uh, to you. Anna's raising your hand. So, Anna, you want to come on? Yeah, but yeah Anna I just... Yeah, she's the secretary of the state GOP party. So, Anna, I met. So, is is this uh, this Josh Hostler shameful pose? Is is, is that going to destroy you and Dave Williams and the Colorado Republican Party? Not in the least. Not in the least. And I just wanted to add one thing that you know, Weston was mentioning that we're uncovering so many things that we're not at liberty to discuss. Well, I, I'm ready to discuss it. So, um, yeah. You know, there's nothing that I'm uh, I'm going to sit back and 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 wait for someone else to tell me that it's okay. It's time. Um, you know, it's we have to we have to put this stuff out now. I don't. It, there's no more waiting. Everybody has to know what the prior administration did. And, well, and it's got to come out. It's got to come out all in one big thing. If you, if you trickle it out, it won't have the effect. But you can't wait very long either. No, no, we can't wait. We have we, no more waiting. This is ridiculous. Right. I mean, well, let me let me ask you this, Anna, and I agree. And we can maybe we'll book you for the show next too here too. But <laughs> what is? I mean, as, as I understand it, you know, again, this is a shameful personal attack. We we've watched the establishment, and I think Wes is right, and you're right. They're afraid of what you guys are going to expose. Um, but we've watched this shameful. The other attacks have now gone personal against, like Chuck said, essentially a volunteer, right? And what sort of? I don't know. Not the official party response. But I mean, nobody's back. You guys are not backing away from this at all, right? I mean, you're you're calling this out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We stand with with Weston one hundred percent. Hostler is he's a coward. He stands. He sits behind that computer. He posts things that he doesn't back up ever. He just puts things out, and 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 when you when you ask him for proof or whatever, you get nothing. You get yeah. nothing but but stupid answers like I'm the one that's ignorant. 
or if I use the word, uh, you know, bull, whatever, you know, oh, what a mouth I have. You know what? Show me the proof of all the things that you're putting out right now. And, and, um, and, you know, get out from behind the keyboard. But, yeah. you know, I mean, enough is enough. This man is really unbelievable. I've never met him. This is the first time when I started seeing those posts, the first time I've ever gotten to know who he is. And um, he's he's a freaking coward. And yeah. you know what? I think his big problem is that he lost to Dave and he's just, you know, he's still holding on to that. Exactly. Well, he lost to Dave for El Ca- uh, Paso County Chair. I see him. No, no. Well, anyway, he lost him. Whatever he lost to him, man. Well, well, I mean, it's just... Yeah, no, it wasn't chair. It, it's, it's just, it's just again, the establishment thing. And Anna, I know you've been, same thing, you know, personally attacked. Um, and it's just... By the Adams it, County establishment. Right, by the... Yes, as, as, was Anil, yep. as was Anil. As was Anil Mathai, where they filed fake criminal charges. And I think it's time, and and, and I think, and Anna, I'll touch you later, and we can book, because I, I want to talk to you about the other stuff. I just, we only have a few more minutes here, so I don't want to start something that we don't have time to finish. But, sure. you know... But I think Wes, for the both of you, we were talking. They somehow think that 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 they can, like the the left, they can cancel us, they can shut us up, they can censor us, they can make us afraid, and it's not going to work. I mean, there's too much at stake here. The time for being afraid, for saying, "Well, I don't want to rock the boat," that's over. I think. What do you guys think? Yeah. It, it definitely uh, is, and we we have to stand up and fight, and and we don't have a choice at this point. Um, you know, Dave Williams, when he was elected chair, when I helped him run and, and got him into the race, I mean, he called me, I was one of his first calls, you know, Hey, should I run? And I was like, yes, do it. And, you know, working on the ground that day to, to finalize the vote and whip the votes for him to win in his speech. He said, we're done playing defense. We are going on offense. We're going to fight fire with fire. And I also want to mention that Josh Hostler put out false claims about Vicky Tonkins. He claimed right. that he broke. Um, that is not true. He's claiming that she's facing medical issues. And then, you know, I, I have a word of advice to everyone. And I put this in the statement and I, I we're going to see if it stays in in the final edition of it <laughs> um, is a piece of advice that was given a long time ago was attack on policy, not on personality. And that is a huge thing that I want to convey to everyone is they are attacking on personality, which means they can't attack us on policy. When the personal attacks start going, you know, you are above the target. You're doing everything right and you keep on going. And that's exactly what they've encouraged me to do as you know, staff and a member of the Youth Advisory Council. I talked to the RNC this morning. They are 100 percent behind me. Uh, spoke with Randy Corcoran yesterday, spoke with Dave uh, multiple times over this past week and they're all behind us. We're not backing down. We are going to stand up and we're going to fight and we're not going to cave. We're not going to fall victim to this narrative that they're trying to push um, and to the bullies out there like like Kyle Clark and to Josh Hostler and anyone else that wants to come after me. Karma is going to get you and we're going to come <laughs> for you. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Anna, final just, word. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're just afraid of, of us succeeding. They, you know, they're trying to put out whatever they can to make us look bad. They're trying to uh, turn people against us. And it's all because they know that for the past couple of election cycles, they've done nothing to advance the Republican Party. Nothing at all. If anything, all they keep doing is losing. And they're trying to blame those losses on us as well. And now they're trying to make us look bad so that and so that people go against us because they know in the next couple of years, we're going to shine. That's all there is to it. 
We are here now and we're in charge and we are going to make a difference. And there's no two ways about it. I mean, we have the majority and they're just scared, scared crap of us. All right. Anna, thank you so much for, and for coming you, on and for all the work you're doing there. And Wes, I, I, I want to say thank you to you too. I mean, I applaud, I, I, it's, I know what it's like when you're attacked personally and it's hard and there is this immediate kind of reaction. You just want to kind of hunker down and it's not easy to do to stand up and to fight back. And, and I just applaud your courage and, and the work that you're going to be doing too. Cause I know, you know, you want, you're just getting started. Exactly. We're just getting started. And, um, you know, I was featured as one of the top 26 uh, Gen Z and millennial uh, conservative activists to watch in the 22 and 24 cycles in Business Insider. Well, you're, probably, you're probably now in the top 10. <laughs> probably now in the top 10. Yes, um, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you know, and we're, we're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to capitalize and we're going to save this country and we're going to save Colorado come hell or high water. And I'm not going to let this high water get me. And I encourage everyone to please get involved. Please support the Colorado Republican Party. They're supporting me. They're standing behind me um, in, in the face of these attacks. And please, you know, reach out to us. If you want to talk to me personally, come on over. Talk to me. Message me on Facebook. I will get back to you. I'm more than happy to have these discussions. And just make sure you stay tuned. I will be sending out this statement hopefully in the next 24 to 48 hours. Kind of. It sounds like it's going to be the Gettysburg Address. That's right. <laughs> hey, now, let me just... pages. We're trying to cut it down. <laughs> this from Charlene to, to you and Anna. You guys are walking through the fire. Prayers and stay strong. And she sends a heart. So you guys, thank you for all you're doing. And, and, and good, you know, keep it up, Wes. And, you know, we support you. And Colorado, the real Colorado Republicans support you. So. Oh, thank you. And, and for me, it's not about getting support. It's not about pride. It's not about being proud. It's just about the truth and not hiding from it and not looking like I'm denying anything because that does nothing for anyone. All that does is make you look guilty. And I don't want to look guilty of anything. So, well, we appreciate you, you coming on. Really all right. Do. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Everybody. All right. We'll talk to you later. Um, Wes Eimer there, Ron Hanks, thanks to him and a Ferguson. Um, you know, and again, I think it's awful what they're doing. But don't you think, Chuck, it, it really what it does is it confirms that we're, they're over there. They're panicking. Right. I mean, when you're because my guess would be, Josh, I mean, they had they've been apparently, you know, stalking Wes um, on social media. I'm sure they're stalking everybody on social media, looking right. for reasons to attack. Now, you could see if the Democrats did that, right? But these are these are the Republicans who, as Dr. Donna Mo, you know, noted in the comments, um, are cry unity, 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 right? This, this is a unity well, they, party. They only mean unity if, if, if they have curated their way to a, to a primary victory that <laughs> you have to support them. And I, I, I think there's nothing better uh, then Kyle Clark piling on, which just shows you who Kyle Clark is. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and they would be the first ones to jump up and down if, if like the Republican Party said something anti this, right? They would jump right. up and down, but instead the Republican Party supports it, and they tried. Now they're trying to say, well, that's bad, you know. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. We're hoping to get um Jack, Doctor Jack Schaefer, and um, hey Thomas, if he doesn't pop on here in a few minutes, you might want to go ahead and give him a call. Um, but in the meantime, though, while we're waiting for the, oh, there he is. <laughs> Ask and it shall be answered. <laughs> we're gonna kind of switch gears and 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 here and everybody. Um, and if you miss the beginning of the show, go back and listen to the beginning because I, I can't say enough about the 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 brave work that Wes Eimer and Anna Ferguson and Dave Williams and and hopefully Todd Watkins um soon will be joining that crew there to do stuff too. But Chuck, we're changing gears here to talk about one of our sponsors, Dr. Jack Schaefer. So I'll let you introduce him. 
All right. Well, Dr. Jacques-Aifer and, and Mountain Wellness is an acupuncture and Eastern medicine expertise. Um, but he's sort of extraordinary. He he really combines Western medicine where it's appropriate and combines it with Eastern medicine. And I want to get him on just to talk about a, a few of the the differences between the two and how they can uh, augment each other and be be synergistic. Um, because I mean I've I've made no qualms about the fact that I have a bad back along with lots of other people um, and. Having gone to uh, to Seth Drake and then on to Dr. Jack Safer, my back is in great shape. I mean, and if you've ever had back, if you hadn't, you go, eh, what difference does it make? Well, I promise you it makes a lot of difference. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's been a miracle cure for me. And I know for, for Julie, too, who right. has, like everybody else in the world, uh, ailments. And I also take herbs from uh, traditional Chinese herbs and so forth, which have helped with a lot of other things. So I just, Jack, I want to thank you for coming on and, and appreciate. And I want you to talk a little bit about how Western medicine opposed to traditional Chinese medicine approaches problems and how they can work together in some cases. Oh, great. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, that's a really interesting topic because I, I, a lot of times I think when people in healthcare especially in the alternative medicine world, it's almost like this, this uh, contentious thing where, you know, this is all bad and this is all good and stay away from everything. But I think the reality of healthcare is that, you know, it's, it's a continuum. On one end, maybe it's eat an apple. And on the other end is maybe surgery, you know? Right. And I think you should always start on the apple end and work your way up. And I think, you know, uh, I've had a lot of Western medicine in my life for different illnesses and things that couldn't be solved by anything natural. There's a time and a place for stuff, you know? I think the downside is when people go straight to, you know, straight to a heavy heavy medication or straight to a drug or straight to a surgery, especially some of these poorly proven drugs that we've been faced with in the last several years. Oh, like you COVID know, vaccines. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. You know, where we, we don't really know what the long-term future of that is. And and maybe all you really need is something a little simpler, something to work with your immune system or whatnot, you know. I think the, the beauty is, though, there are really amazing times when we can combine the two and get really great results. A good example is when I, I lived in China about 20 years ago, I worked at a hospital there, and one of my specialties was treating cancer. And the... The, at this university hospital that I was part of, the best results they got, they were testing Western-only therapies, alternative-only therapies, and combined therapies. And the best results, the most survival, were combined therapies, where people were yeah. getting surgery and chemo or surgery and radiation and Chinese herbs and acupuncture and wellness-oriented things, you know? And I think there are a lot of times when we just need to knit both of them together and we do much better, you know? ask you this how much and i i you know I, to be honest actually i don't know your politics so i don't mean to get overtly political here but how much does big pharma in your opinion play a role in how western medicine handles things i think it's a massive problem okay it's a massive problem and you know because if you look at the the profit motive of medicine you know we live in in a country with one of the most expensive healthcare systems 
We pay the most for drugs out of any other country in the world. And we don't always have the best supply of them, even though we're paying too much. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of money in that. And so it drives it drives the the research, you know. So if if for example, you brought up COVID a minute ago, you know, some of those other things that people were using for COVID, like ivermectin and whatnot, there's not a lot of money to be made in ivermectin. So, but boy, is there a lot of money to be made in, in these vaccines, you know, right. or, or Plaxovid, for example, you know, like, like there's all kinds of money in that. And so there's a, there's a push towards that. And, and as, as part of that, there's also a denigration of natural medicine right. because you can't make a lot of money or patent a mushroom or, you know, something like that. And so one of the things that we've seen in the last, so I've been practicing now about 25 years and I have watched little by little by little the FDA go after herbal supplements. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, because what they found, they, there's a, if you can't patent it, then you can't make money on it. And so what they do is they, little by little, they've got this list and it was leaked about 20 years ago, the list of supplements that they were going after. And it was starting to get ridiculous. They were going after like all the citrus things, all the su- supplements made from citrus, for example. because we all know yeah fruits are bad for you yeah yeah. they find one dangerous thing if you take enough of it and somebody gets sick then we can say that's a problem funny they don't do that with some of their medications right right well i know for instance well you know let's go to ivermectin for a second i mean i got the original covid and then got whatever the second one was Uh was out there and so you know i went to various doctors to get ivermectin yeah And, and they said we can't give you a prescription and I go, you can't? Why can't you? He said, because the medical authorities will go after us. Yeah. I and mean, I, I was shocked. I mean, so Crazy. he's saying it's a it's a bad medicine. He's saying, I'm not saying it's a good medicine. I'm not saying it's a bad medicine. I'm saying that if I prescribe some to you, uh, uh, the medical boards will go after me. And yeah. so you had to find some doctors um, that, that, that were... You know, in this case, Wyoming willing to do it and so forth. And, and it's shot. That's the first time I'd ever had a thing where not only can't do they recommend or not recommend, but they're so intimidated um, by big pharma, by the medical boards, that what may be best for you, and I did find some and I recovered quickly, mm-hmm. um, they won't. And so that was a shock to me that Western medicine had got to the point where it's, it's all the profit motive. I mean, they were doing it simply because they couldn't make any money off ivermectin. It became political, and they described it as a dewormer for horses, um, as if all medicines don't have lots of applications for lots of uh, different humans and, and 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 animals and everything else. But, it, yeah. you know, it, I agree it with made, you, you, you lost your faith that Western medicine was there to, at best, try to do whatever is good for you do no harm yeah. yeah yeah one of the things i think they've really done is they've handcuffed the the the, the regular allopathic doctor to uh, this medicine is for this problem and this problem only and they don't have the opportunity to think creatively about the medicines that they have access to so it's this is what it's labeled for this is what we're going to use it for and if you use it for something else you can get in trouble and sometimes they'll sneakily do it you know, and if there's no problem, you know, it's one of those things, if there's no problem and nobody tells on you, then, hey, you know, nothing's going to happen. But, it, you know, during COVID, everybody was ready to tell on everybody. It was crazy. Yeah. 
Right. And they, you know, since they don't get to be creative, also a lot of diseases don't get better because they're not, nobody's thinking outside the box. They're just thinking from what's on their screen. And I think that's one of the cool things about natural medicine is that we're, it's, a, it's an art form. It's, we're, we're expected to be creative and look at people as an individual human with individual needs, problems, landscape of a body. And that's what we have to work with. You know. you know, and I'll say this. So we're talking to Dr. Jack Schaefer with um, Mountain West Wellness, an interesting experience. So I recently went on Medicare, right? And um, I had to go do do the a Medicare thing. And, and I get there and this is our tax dollars are paying for this. I said, well, would you like to have the welcome to Medicare video? And I'm like, no. And they're like, how about the meet and greet with the doctor? And we went through this thing. So I finally said that. So, and I'm not even kidding you. I, I bet if I had, so the doctor comes in and, and, and he was a nice enough fellow, right? But he's on an iPad the whole time going down this list of iPad questions, looking at the little, I guarantee you that if I had walked into him in the lobby 30 seconds later, he wouldn't have recognized me. I don't think he ever even looked at me. And, and, and no offense. I mean, that's the way they're trained, but I've been to other doctor appointments too, where they're on their iPad the whole time and they're doing this and i know from visits to you i've never even seen you with an ipad so <laughs> you like actually look at the patient talk to the patient kind of feel my knees you know i mean yeah. I, I i think that's where you guys and and can and i don't know that's one of the problems i think that has come up with western medicine and i god knows what that visit costs they did absolutely nothing you know but yeah you're right it's crazy and the whole and you know I think the way that because it's so profit motive, the the doctor is the bottom of the line of the of the profit chain. And so they're they're really put in a situation where they have to really funnel people through as fast as possible and run them through an algorithm that lets them prescribe what they can prescribe. You know, like I, I can tell you how many times I'll talk to somebody and they'll say, I see all over the place that this were this procedure or this drug or whatever works for my problem, my insurance won't do it. So my doctor won't do it. My doctor wants to do it, but they won't do it. Wow. You know, and so they're at the bottom of the line. And then because they they're mandated to see a certain number of people, then they, even with good intentions, they end up doing a poor job. Right. Well, and I know I've from visits that I've had with you with a knee thing, right? It was mm-hmm. kind of funny because I'm used to I was used to Western medicine. So we go in, we treat the knee and I'm like, well, you know, how long am I going to have to do this? And you're like, well, I don't know if your knee's better. You, you don't have to come back at all. And it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and you're like, and it should be better. And, you know, it's like, wait, you mean you're not going to prescribe me, you know, like blood pressure medication that I have to take for the rest of my life without any other conversation about, I mean, that's, I think a difference too, between the kind of healthcare that, like you said, there's room for both, but the kind of healthcare that, that doctors like you provide. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, I had this this amazing mentor when I was living in China, and he he said, if you really listen to people, they'll tell you exactly what's wrong with them and exactly how to fix it. You know, <laughs> and I think that's true. Like they'll tell you what they need, what it's going to take to get them better. You just have to have a conversation with them, you know. And so I I, I don't know. You have to let people drive a little bit. It's their body. Right. right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, this is from Dr. Donna. She does a lot. Of, um, she says many doctors, doctors, a result of overhead insurance for forced into under the umbrella of major practices, which is all corporate stuff. Right. Yep. exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. It's really unfortunate, even with good intentions. I have a friend who he's a surgeon 
and the the whole system broke him. He quit. He he quit. Went back to school, and now he's a commercial airline pilot and couldn't be happier. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to do it the way he was having to do it. Well, one of the other things I know that's cool because I get your newsletters is you have newsletters actually specifically aimed at guys too, right? Yeah. That you put out yeah. um, that that approach this sort of more holistic kind. Can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So you know, I, one of the things I this actually started as a request from a few guys that I was working with you know, aging in men is kind of a neglected thing. Yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, women have the, they have their OB. And so their OB, a lot of OBs are really helpful with hormones and things as a woman ages, but a lot of men get kind of left out in the cold. And I have these men that start asking, it's like, what do I do now that I'm 50 and I'm fat and I'm tired and, you know, and, and so over the last few decades, I've just kind of put together, strategies to help them feel the way they want to feel. And so we've come up with some really neat strategies around diet and exercise and herbs and some specific, I I do use Western medical testing. I use hormone testing and um, I use a lot of GI testing and, and other things to see if there's something broken because as we get older, our body changes. And, but, but I like to come up with solutions that don't require medication but maybe we can do it with food or supplements or exercise or lifestyle habits. And that's, that's kind of how that sort of came about. It was a, a completely a patient driven um, momentum, you know? Well, I think there's something to that. This is just my observation and this, I, I know as a woman and I'm 65, right? So you, there's articles, there's entire magazines devoted to women and aging. And, and a lot of the information isn't particularly helpful, but you, it, you can have that conversation, but you're right. I think guys, and I think in general, guys don't really talk, at least, you know, the men I know from brothers, husband, you know, et cetera, don't really talk about problems that much. If with women, you go into, I mean, you sit down at a coffee shop and everybody's talking about their hormones and things like that. Right. Um, but, but guys don't, guys don't say, Hey, I'm feeling kind of fat and sluggish and low energy. I mean, you don't hear guys may talk about their operations, but they don't talk about that. Do they? No. Or is that just no, me? I, no, it's true. No, I think you're right. I mean, I can't, think of a social situation with any male friends where anybody said, you know, I think I've got ED. Yeah. <laughs> like, How do you handle that? <laughs> <laughs> like nobody does it, you know, but they, but they're willing to, a lot of guys are willing to get help for it if they can just get past that. Right. Right. Yeah. In spite of all the commercials, they have to see. No, and that's really true. I mean, I could sit down like at a bus stop, and you could say to the woman, "You know, I've been having those." You you know, (laughs) you know, there wouldn't be any. (laughs) That's true, huh? Yeah, Uh I think women are women are just better at it. You know, they. I think because you start you start going to the gynecologist as soon as you have a period. Right. Like, imagine that's you put a teenage girl through that kind of exam. They're over. They're over. They can have yeah, right, right. They're on out. <laughs> then, Until you get your first colonoscopy, you're not. You're not yeah. guy. That's true. So here you are as a man. You're in your fifties, and that's the first time you do something that invasive. It's. Uh-huh. Well, let me just just a couple more questions for then. In terms sure. of because because I like you know how Chuck started talking. I think. It doesn't, as you said, have to be either or that people can seek out their alternate forms. Um, if and and you don't have to just rely on you know WebMD or something like that to solve all of your problems, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, honestly, like I really think that a team approach for healthcare is the best way to do it. 
where, you know, we sometimes you need to spend more time with your Western doc or your chiropractor or, you know, your osteopath or your massage therapist or me, you know, there, there are certain problems that everything's going to have its strength with. And one of the things I like to do is, is triage a situation. And so it's like, why don't we send you to your doctor to get this done? You know, like right before here, I was talking with a patient's endocrinologist about her medication, but also a supplement I'm giving her and how they fit together. Right. Right. And uh, it's working. Her numbers are coming down and that it's solely because we're willing to have this conversation. Ah. And I think, I think, you know, there are times when we just need to do a little bit of both. There are times when it's like, you know, you don't need to go into the regular doctor. And there's times when somebody calls me up and I say, you know what? I think you need to go see your primary care and gets this test done. And then let's talk, you know, right. Well, exactly. that's re- it's really true. I mean, I have to say that, that, you know, I, uh, traditional Chinese medicine has been going on for thousands of years. And so they've run into virtually every uh, malady that you can have. And I have to sometimes consult with you. So, I mean, you, you can help treat that. You're kidding. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's true. And, and what I love yeah. about you is you're also going to go, well, you know, go to your primary care and, and you need this one might help you. and uh, We can help you here, but you might be better off there. And that's, that's that synergistic thing that is so important for your healthcare and, and not just going to, to have the operation. I mean, I always tell the story about my, you know, the first time I had back problems in my mid thirties, I couldn't, they had to bring me in on a board to a, to a surgeon who was a very good surgeon. And he said, well, you know, I I can do a back fusion and some other things, but uh, my schedule is filled for three months and I'm going, I'm sitting on a board. Yeah, <laughs> that's, crazy. that's um, crazy. And so I went to a chiropractor, uh, hobbled in, so he carried me in, and he did a couple cracks, and I walked off fine. I mean, yeah. that doesn't mean I don't have back problems today, but if I'd had that surgery forty years ago, it'd have been awful, just awful. And, and yeah, I mean, surgeries are one of those things you can't take back, right? Once it's yeah. done, yeah. it's an interesting thing, you know. Like we were talking about COVID, so I was in, I was in Wuhan, China when covid started oh wow i was there i was visiting a friend who's a doctor and um we were talking you know i was there working on some other some other issues and and working on some different skills and he's we stopped and we had this conversation he said you know there's this thing going on (laughs) starting to show up nobody's talking about it but these people are getting sick and um it's a problem and I'm worried. And, you know, he says, it reminds me of SARS. And so I was in China in 2003 during the original SARS outbreak. Right. Wow. That was a scary scenario yeah. because the lockdown, you know, when they locked down, they really locked oh, down. They locked down. And, and that really, like, having been there during that, I was really scared. So when I was there then, um, I was like, okay. Let, we talked about some herbal formulas and some ways that we treated SARS back then. And um, he called one of his friends who was working in another hospital and some of the formulas they were working on just different herbal compounds. And I said, great. And we wrote them down and I got the heck out of there. <laughs> I didn't want to get trapped. And, no. and I was just crossing my fingers and praying that it was going to be just a nothing thing. Uh. But the, that formula turned out to be this amazing little gold mine that 
everybody I gave it to, it, it helped them get over it really pretty quickly. It wow. addressed a lot of the issues that, you know, especially those circulatory issues that people, right. yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it was, it was remarkable. And so I think, you know, it, I gave, and here's the, the interesting thing I gave to people who were vaccinated. I gave to people who weren't vaccinated. I gave it to people who were on steroids. I gave it to people who were on steroids. I gave it to people who were on iver, who took ivermectin. And, you know, it, it didn't really, it didn't really matter. I, I was able to use it in multiple scenarios. Right. And um, we just said, had to tweak it a little bit, like if somebody had steroids or somebody had ivermectin, wow. because those are already doing something. So mm-hmm. we don't need to double up on that. It's like taking right. sleeping medicine on sleeping medicine. Okay. You know, it's not necessary. But um, yeah, it's, you, you can make things fit, which is the cool part. And right. I don't think a lot of Western docs think that way. All right. Well, and we've run out of time. So thank you. Can you tell folks how to get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. You know, probably the best thing to do um, is you can reach out through, through my website, mountainwestwellness.com. All the information for me is on there. The phone numbers are on there. It's mountainwestwellness.com. And for for people who listen to your show, um, we put up a, a, com- a complimentary consultation thing. So if you're watching the show, you can just mention in there that you saw it on the show. And I'll be happy to give you a few minutes of my time and we could talk about your scenarios. All right. That's perfect. Great. And I know That's we will great. see you next week. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jack Schaefer, Mountain West Wellness, mountainwestwellness.com. Thank you, sir. Thank you, you for me. us and for your time. Take care. You guys are the best. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Hey, Dr. Donna says, thank you. Appreciate the information. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, okay. That's going to wrap it up for us. We have to, so thank you to Wes and everybody um, who chimed in there earlier too. Um, um, it's party Friday already. I can't believe it's party Friday. Sooner or later, we're going to get to the, all the hullabaloo going on about the sound of freedom. And I think we'll kind of tackle that on, on Friday. Um, but want to thank everybody um, for their time today. Um, thank you to Thomas as always for running the yeah, board and the show. People, uh, like Anna who came on and, and those others that have been supportive of, yeah, and stay tuned because as soon as we get done, you're going to text Anna and we'll figure out how to, to talk about well, some of this. Talk to stuff. me about that first. <laughs> right, exactly. All right. All right. Hey, but everybody, everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you all on Party Friday. All right. Take care, everybody.